Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? It's great to have you in church. Thank you, Nate. Can we welcome the Plaza location as we're linking up together? We love you. Everybody watching online and the men of Lansing Correctional Facility. It's great to be together, one big church family. Awesome. You guys can grab your seats as we continue this season of sermons we're calling The New Frontier. And I believe in my heart there is actually a transition season that's happening, uh, not just in our church, but the church. Um, I think all over the planet, that, like the kingdom of God, it's, there's a change happening. You know, we're not the only people uh, that have gone through this COVID pandemic. Uh, this brought so much disruption. And how many know any time there's something that seems like a, an obstacle or a difficulty, that God always uses it to do something different and something new. Um, and I think that's what's happened. In fact, people have asked me, like, is this uh, the apocalypse like the season they're in, and I, sometimes it kind of feels that way, to be honest. Uh, but I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it's the end maybe of the world as we've known it, because the real word, the apocalypse, that, that real, the word really means an unveiling. And I think it is unveiled and seen where people really are at. And I think it's shown us, even uh, the, the American church, even in our church, where are people really, what are they really putting their trust in? What are they really, like we just saying, are, are they, do they have a firm foundation on, on Jesus or are they are just living by their feelings? We know feelings are a gift that God has given us and we need to listen to them. But we ultimately don't obey them, we obey Christ. And so I do think it's been a, a, a change of seasons. And if you will, there's kind of a new generation rising up in the kingdom of God. And a generation that has nothing to do with age or stage of life, but a mentality, a mindset. Those that are really gonna put their hope in Jesus. Those that are really gonna believe for the more that God created them for, not just for themselves, but for the world around them. And today we're gonna look at two generations and a promise that was there uh, for them to all, everyone that wanted the new frontier could have had the new frontier. Everyone who wanted the promised land could have had the promised land. And one generation had the promise, but they, they didn't count the cost or pay the price. In fact, they whined and complained and they remained. And yet a new generation, one led by Joshua, are those that saw the promise, prepared their hearts to have that new frontier, the future that God had destined for them, and it became a reality in their life. And so they didn't just exist wandering in the wilderness, they walked in, and they walked into a whole lot of difficulties and a whole lot of problems, but they did walk into the promise. In fact, we are here today, generation and generation, thousands of years later, because there was a generation that said, I wanna be a part of something that's bigger than myself. And that's what I believe that God is even doing on the earth. And I hope that you would just establish in your heart, if there is a new frontier, we're just making the decision, we're going in. We're not gonna live like we've used to live. We're not even longing for things the way that they used to be. If there's something new that God wants to do right now, I want in on the new. Let me read this passage. And this is actually a promise made to the Moses generation. You'll see that the promise was there for them. 
And yet they did not have the faith. They actually had unbelief that held them out of the new frontier. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10. If you ever wonder why I always preach on Abraham and Moses and Joshua in the beginning of the year, because that's what I'm reading in my Bible reading plan. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10. For the land you're about to enter and take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you came. It isn't like yesterday. This is your tomorrow. Where there in Egypt, you planted your seed and you made, it says, irrigation ditches with your foot. Now they weren't digging ditches in their foot. I'm doing the stanky leg up here. They weren't digging ditches with their foot. It meant they were carrying the water themselves. And then it says like just enough for your, your little vegetable garden. If you're on the Daniels fast during 21 days of prayer and fasting, I am praying for you. That personally is the worst fast of all. I'd rather go without any food than just eat vegetables all the time. Anyways, rather the land, this new frontier, you will soon take over is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain and a land the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of the year. If, if you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God and serve him with your heart, with all your heart and soul, then he will send the rains in the proper season, the early and late rains, so you can bring in the harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. He will give you a lush pasture land for your livestock. And you yourselves will have all you want to eat. Promise was for everyone, but only one generation got it. I want to be about that kind of generation. I want to speak for a few moments today on how to take new ground. There's a new mentality and a new perspective. Biblically speaking, you could call it a renewing of your mind to see things not from what they were yesterday, but choose today that you're gonna have what God has for us today and for our tomorrow. Would you join me in prayer? Come on, applause everyone online. Let's pray. God, we love you and we lean into your word and we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak. You have something prepared for each and every heart. I've prepared a message you put on my heart for us as a church and all of us watching in and leaning in together. But for anyone who would wanna lean in to hear specifically what you are saying to their heart, Lord, I know you will speak to them. So I ask that you would speak with clarity, that they would not be distracted because of the current dilemma they might be facing, but they would hear your voice and follow you to a place called destiny. There is a new frontier for all those who desire to serve, to love, to follow you with all of their heart and all their soul. And Lord, we love you and we thank you that today you're giving us victory, not just in church, but also against the Buffalo Bills. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Last year, I predicted the exact score of the AFC Championship game versus the Bills. I'm not doing it today. I don't have the faith right now, but I'll be honest with you. I think if we can win today, we're gonna win the whole thing. That's just my personal belief, and you can have your own, and you can be wrong. Anyways, how to take new ground. What you're entering in is not like the place what you are leaving. I know we're here at the beginning of the year and we're talking about new frontier and we've been declaring, I said a couple weeks ago, it's about headed in the right direction, not just getting to an end destination. But to get into what God wants to do right now means you're gonna look at things a little bit differently. If you want a different result, you can't do the same thing. 
You can't just live your same spiritual life and patterns over from the previous year and expect a different harvest. You're gonna have to do some hard work and some heart work with God in order to walk into the new that he has created for you. And we are going from having to walk to the river from time to time and only have enough supply for us to carry for our own little vegetable garden into a place where God brings the rain. We don't have to go over the river that's flowing. He's gonna bring that to us in this season. Uh, not just a little garden that just feeds a few, but we're going to a place the Bible talks about that is bountiful. In other words, it's not just about me, it's about all that I can do to the world around me. And God is teaching them, if they wanna take this new territory that is a promised place for them, they're gonna to have to think differently and they're gonna to have to work differently. For us, the work is not always the things that we need to do outwardly. I think for us in the promised place, it starts in the garden of our heart, if you will, that we can't just get a little bit every weekend. We need to learn how to let God bring his reign into our inside world. And if you've made it this far, even in the church, through the COVID crisis, through the pain of the culture that is caused around us, through the cancel culture, through the, all the political problems, if you made it this far, I can tell you I'm so proud of you, but you are not in the promised place. If you're still here, leaning in where so many people have checked out of making faith uh, and, and even the community gathering, not a place of priority, I'm going to tell you, well done, but this is not the new frontier. I'm glad that you've stayed the course, but we're not staying here because there is more that not only God wants to do for us, there is more that God wants to do through us. And this is where the mentality shift needs to change because the Israelites or the Hebrew people came out of a slavery mindset and were set free, but they lacked the faith to step in and secure all of the new. So in other words, it was still just about them until they learned how to win some battles, overcome some enemies, plant and harvest for themselves. In other words, until they matured to the, be the kind of people God had called them to be. The Moses generation had the promise, but they didn't enter because they didn't believe. They whined, they complained, and they died in the wilderness. And some of us have left some of our old things behind. Or we're believing to, even in this new year, but we haven't grabbed a hold of this new thing that God wants to do. There's new ground for us to take. I wonder what's on the table for you to take, to grab a hold of. What promise from God that you need to grab a hold of? And I'm not talking about like stepping into even a new house or a new career. I'm talking about the heart work, the spiritual thing God wants you to start planting in here and letting him reign in your inside world and stop looking at the promised land from a distance as a place you long to be, but let God lead you on the journey by his Holy Spirit so that you can be there so he can teach you how to live differently. Because the waiting game without the changing game, you won't ever enter into all that he has. Any parents in here ever taken their kids to Disneyland or Disney World, the hardest part is getting in the park. Anyone ever been there? Like you, you, you park out like 400 miles away. You take like three trams. Our kids are so excited, tons of nervous energy, tons of, tons of anticipation. You normally have to stop to go to the bathroom twice before you even get in. And then you're in a long line. Like one of the longest lines you'll wait just to get into the park. 
And the kids, that, that, that's the hardest part. For us as parents, paying for the ticket to get in the park is the hardest. Some of you are still paying for that ticket. And we're going to get you in Financial Peace University and get using your, using your credit cards. But once you get in and arrive, that's only the beginning. And for us, we did not pay the price for admission into access granted into the grace of God. That was a gift we've received. But once we're in there, you don't just get in and leave. God actually wants you to enjoy the place that he has provided and paid for you to go. Now, Joshua's generation had played the waiting game. And they had stayed faithful in the wilderness. But God then wants to take them out of the old and into the new. And they cross through the Jordan River, and even a supernatural story. But then it's their time to take new ground. And the new ground that God has prepared for you to take and for you to own is not without difficulties. I think the first thing you need to know, if I'm going to walk into new things, that I have to expect for there to be a battle. I think to make it into the promised land, you got to get ready for some fights. But the Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. It's against spiritual forces. And we're not just talking about things out there in the supernatural realm. I'm talking about your spirit as well. Because even though our battle isn't against flesh and blood, one of our biggest battles for us to walk into the new frontier of our life is actually a battle with not flesh and blood out there, but our flesh in here. It's normally a place in our heart that God wants to break through or remove some barriers so that he can bring the harvest. The harvest starts in your heart. And we didn't cross over into this new season and headed into this new frontier not to let God continue the work. We didn't forge through this river to not expect a fight on the other end. In other words, we're not here to hang out. We're here to inhabit. We have to make sure that our heart is ready for the harvest of what God wants to bring. Uh, the, the truth is about this land that they would enter. Even though it's just a little sliver uh, of space, if you look at all of the, the, the Middle East, like Israel is just a tiny little place that God says that's the place of promise. But as they walk closer and closer to it, they begin to scout out the land and see that there's 28, 29 different kings and kingdoms in that tiny little place. Now, it's a beautiful place that people wanted to be, but I know for a fact that God, who had a plan for his people, and the enemy knew that that was the place that they were going to be. So he puts all these strongholds and places in place to try to keep them from occupying and owning the land God had for them. There were squatters in the land. And the same, if we want the new territory that God wants us for us to take with our families and with our faith and into our future, you got to know that first and foremost, you need to scout out your own heart to see, is there anything that I'm allowing to squat in there or the enemy has planted as a stronghold in my life that's going to stop me from experiencing this new thing or this new ground that he has for me? What have you allowed to stay and put up residence in your heart and it's stopping you from stepping into the place you're called to occupy? For us, it's not things like the Amalekites. It's things like pride. For us, it's not like a people group. It might be a pain from a broken relationship from a person. For us, some things that we might have allowed to stay and linger for too long is the spirit of rejection from our family of origin. There might be some things in your heart that God wants to remove before he can plant the harvest that he's prepared for you. Maybe it's shame. 
Maybe it's an ongoing struggle with lust or insecurity that is inhibiting and stopping the progress of heaven from happening in your heart. Your new frontier is not without battles, but the battles are not with people. Normally the battles are within. And God is saying, I need you to change your mindset. It's not everybody coming against you. It's actually about what you've allowed to saturate and to sit and to squat in your heart that I've got to remove before I can bring the rain and the harvest and the blessing and the favor into your inside world. These things that we allow to linger are harvest killers. And God, who is for you, wants you to learn how to win those battles from within. I love this promise from Romans 8. It says that if God is for us, how many believe that God is for us? There's four of people here on the north. I know the plaza is well in tune with the fact that God is for us. How many believe that God is for us? How many believe because of the cross, he's already shown us, I'm for you. If God is for us, then who or what could ever be against us? It's supposed to be a rhetorical question that we already know nothing. If God has already given me his best, then he's not gonna withhold the rest. And then Paul goes on to write, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble, if we've got battles, if it's not easy, or if we're in calamity, he says, if there's persecution, if there's, there's hunger or we're going without, if, if there's a destitute or a danger or we're threatened with death? Verse 37, no. In all these things, or despite all these things, one translation says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When you become a believer, you get, man, you get the very best of heaven, the grace of God, but it is just the beginning of the breakthrough and the blessing that God wants to do. And, and, and so you, you're awake and anew in Christ, and yet there's a renewing and changing of your heart and your mind that requires you to allow God to keep being for you and showing up in your situation. But you need to get a mindset that I have to be born for battle and anything I'm allowing to linger in this inside world is, is hurting the harvest of what God wants to do in me. We are built for victory and we live from a place in Christ of victory. And I believe if you don't, the only way you lose is if you don't fight. And yet some of us have given up on giving over some things to our heart or we've held on to some hurts and some heartaches and we've allowed him to squat in a place that is stopping the rain and the harvest of God. And if I wanna take new ground, I need God to break open the hard ground of my heart. I need God to reveal some attitudes, mindsets, and lies even that I have believed that need to go. Do not be intimidated by any enemy of your heart. See it for what it is. It's the plan of the enemy to stop God from producing his best in you. What enemy has been living within in your heart that needs to go? I just listed up a few things that it could be, and maybe one of those or two of those the Holy Spirit pinpointed, but I promise you this, if you will lean into his presence even this week, God will begin to illuminate and show you some things in there that need to go for him to do the things he wants to do. Some things that we've been doing or holding on to, we need to be through with. And the longer you allow them to live there, the, the bigger, the greater the walls they build up. Just like Joshua generation as they entered the new, they faced their biggest foe in the very first battle. It was Jericho. 
this place of walled cities. In fact, naturally speaking, there was no way for them to tear down the walls. They needed a God plan. Now, I'm all for, like you, taking incremental steps that produce victory. But if there's a stronghold in your life, you need the help of heaven to give you a battle plan of breakthrough to take down the walls once and for all. Because if you allow that to stay in a place of taking hold of you, it is actually holding back the best of God for you. And God got them through the River Jordan. But then he gives them this battle plan of breakthrough against their greatest, uh, greatest rival. We see this Joshua. It's in Joshua chapter 5. And Joshua, who had been obeying God every step of the way. We'll see it later. Just everything God says to do, he does. And yet God hasn't said how he's going to help him, how he's going to empower him to take down this stronghold, this, this place that is holding them back from taking new ground. And so we see Joshua. We don't know if he's just on a, uh, you know, if you ever get anxious or nervous, you just take a walk. Oh, we don't know if he's on a prayer walk. All we know is that when he's just out walking alone, Jesus shows up to speak to him. It, it says this, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Not the way you'd want to be greeted more often than not. He has a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or, or, or for our enemies? And this, this, this man says, neither, he replied. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Now, the mass majority of theologians would say this is one of the Jesus appearances in the Old Testament. Maybe you didn't know that, but there's several places where we believe that Jesus shows up for specific moments in time of his connection with humanity to help them in their moment of greatest need. We believe this is not an ordinary angel, and this is no ordinary man. God shows up in the moment to give him this this battle plan for a breakthrough in the thing that would be holding them back. I believe in the same way Jesus wants to show up in your life even today to give you the strategic plan of heaven to heal your heart, to get rid of anything that's been holding you back so that you can experience the harvest so you can take new ground. Then Joshua, in response to this divine encounter, he falls face down to the ground in reverence and asks him, what message does the, my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, you've got to take off those sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. For time's sake, I won't break down the rest, but we know the story of Jericho. He gets this battle plan for breakthrough that has a whole lot to do with obedience, even silencing some things, not talking about the problem, not hyping yourself up, and then it has a whole lot to do with worship. In other words, it's following, it's obeying, it's worshiping. But I just love that it says that as soon as Jesus, this commander of the Lord of hosts, says something, Joshua does it. There is a strategy from heaven to defeat the enemies that are trying to inhabit your promised place. This is strategic steps to bring down a stronghold. The first one is that as we get this mentality that there will be a fight, we got to remember that this is a holy fight. This is a holy fight. 
His first response is worship and reverence and obedience because he knows his people, as much as they have amassed them, maybe even two million people that have followed them through this wilderness, they do not have the technology to take down the walls of Jericho. They need greater power. And they realize that that power is not found in them forging weapons and is not found in them trying to tear down the walls with their own ability, that this thing has to be a holy fight. In other words, it's not just your willpower. How many know there's a whole lot of people out there? I mean, if you're ever on Instagram, there's this whole new wave of Instagram influencers that, um, that are just like, I mean, they're filled with hype. They're like, just believe you can and you can do it. Come on, you, uh, you, you, you have to work up to go to the gym. I have to work to take a day off from the gym. Anyone seen that one? And to be honest with you, if you ever watch one of those, they kind of fire you up for a moment. It's like, yeah, 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 let's do this. Like, it encourages you. And willpower can accomplish a lot. You should have a strong will. You should have a will that has discipline and, 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 and it keeps a routine that keeps you healthy and strong. But there are some battles in your life that you cannot willpower into victory. You need to realize this is a holy fight and you need holy help. This is our last week of 21 days of prayer where we kick off our year by seeking the face of God. I love right here in this room on Wednesday night and on the plaza on Saturday morning, people came hungry, maybe even hangry for God to do something. Like they were, they were passionate about pursuing God. In other words, they realized it's not even just about being in the room, although there's great power when we pray in unity together, but there were people ready to fight spiritual battles. And to me as a pastor, man, I just see that as like a domino effect, a breakthrough of what God wants to do when we have people that are seeking the face of God and maybe haven't joined in for our prayer up to this point. Get in on it this week because you will not get into the new land without some spiritual strength at work in your life. And can I just challenge you that have been maybe coming back to church or checking out church, maybe you haven't been in church in a long time, to get in on the community because the truth is we are believing, we're building people this year that bring heaven to earth. And if we believe your life gets built up in community, you need a connect group, you need a spiritual family to belong to. This might be the thing that activates all that God wants to do in your life because if you just do it the way you did it in 2021, you're gonna get the same result. But if we realize that God does his heart work in a holy way, and not in isolation, but in, in the congregation, in the community of faith, it can produce greater victory in your life. In fact, today we have a brand new launch of our new next steps. It's a whole different way of not just knowing how to get involved in church, but how to grow your faith in the community of faith. It's right after every service, and it's not a class. It's a connection with someone on the team, and it's a journey that you go on that I really believe will grow your life into new places so that you can occupy the new things that God has for you. And just together as a church, we're going to be building something that's bigger, bigger than ourselves, bigger than, bigger than you. What we see in the moment that, that, that Joshua has this opportunity to take those people that have been wandering for so long and just come back to this moment of saying, God, we're all in on what you have no matter what you ask. And God asks something, to be honest, it's very personal and even painful, but it's a sign of, of just renewing your passion 
that we want the things of God. And it is time for you, if you want to take new ground, you've got to learn to renew your loyalty. Do not live off yesterday's obedience. This is the opportunity to fall in love with it again and even learn to sacrifice again. Like, don't forget how you got this far and then just take it on your own. No, we need to renew our loyalty that we are people desperately in need of God's help and he gets to go first. Imagine if you bought a friend a movie ticket. Like, hey, let's go to the movies. And they showed up and you gave them their ticket. You waited in line, you bought the ticket, you gave them the ticket. And they're like, hey, I really want some popcorn, but I left my wallet. Anyone have that friend? It's like, yeah, I'll get you that popcorn. What's the large popcorn? $49.99. That's great. Uh, awesome. And they got their ticket and they got their popcorn and they're like, hey, I'm going to sit over there. They're like, well, I'm sitting here. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to go over there. And they didn't stay with you. I mean, for some of you, the introverts in here, that's a dream date for you. But, but wouldn't you not feel like, man, I, I paid a price. I waited in line. I, I, I got you in. And now you don't want to hang? And I don't say this in judgment, definitely not in condemnation, but some of us, this is, this is kind of the way we walk with God. As soon as we get into something new, we get back into self-reliance. But if you want to take new ground and territory that your family of heritage, where you grew up, has never gone before, you need a renewed loyalty to know that God who got you this far is not done yet. And he deserves full attention and affection. And whatever he wants to do the way he wants to do it, the answer is yes. For renewing loyalty, the, 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 the Hebrew people, the Hebrew men, like there's a circumcision that happens to just say, we're back in on the covenant. I mean, it's an interesting thing to talk about in church, but we're all adults in here. I think Joshua chapter five, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. By the way, just so you know, not a second circumcision. This is a new generation, okay, just to make that clear. So Joshua, they made the knives and they, they renewed the covenant. Lord said, Joshua did, and it was, and it was a cost. I think when they were making the knives, the troops of Israelite, the Israelites were probably like, awesome, we got our secret weapon. We're gonna go stab the enemy with these new knives. And Joshua's like, not so fast. <laughs> that there's a, there's a cost in this thing. There's a covenant in this thing. There's a part for you to play in these covenant promises from God. Uh, if you've ever signed up for a free trial online, and you're like, awesome, I get this, this streaming service, I get, the, it's free? Well, what, oh, great, what do you need, my credit card number? Why do you need that? I thought it was free, cool, I'll do it. All of a sudden, like 14 days later, you get that $14.99, it comes right out of your account, it's like, I thought it was free. They try to trick you to give you something free, and then they're really after your money. God's never after your money. He's always after your heart. And he makes it very clear what the cost is in this covenant before. And he will always do his part. But God is direct in what he asks. What is he asks for our sins and he gives us back forgiveness. He asks for our today and our devotion today so he can lead us into a better future, a better tomorrow. He asks for our time so that he can give us a purpose that's bigger than us. He asks for our resources. Why? So that he can therefore bless our life and make our lives matter. God is directing what he asks. And for some of you, it is time for a renewal of your heart. He's asking for this devotion so that he can then deliver his promise to you. 
He says later in Joshua 5 that all those that moved around in the desert for 40 years, the previous Moses generation, they died off. And since they had not obeyed the Lord, for the Lord had sworn them that they would not then see this place he solemnly promised their fathers to give us. In other words, like I, he wanted to do it for so long, but they didn't, they didn't have the faith. This land flowing with milk and honey. Verse seven, so he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones that, that, that went in with the covenant change. They went into the promised place. This is a message for every father and mother in this place that there are battles for breakthrough and new territory for you to take that God has always wanted to do in your family, always wanted to do in our church, always wanted to do in our city, has always wanted to do in the world. And if you will pay the price of intimacy with him in obedience and devotion, if your heart will get up for renewal, your sons and daughters won't have to pay the price. God's been wanting to do it for so long. And he's looking for a generation. Again, this isn't about age. This is about occupying what I've always wanted to do. I don't want to give my son a fight. I should have already won. For some of you who maybe haven't start with very much, your family of origin did not set you up for success. Maybe even society has held you back. Nothing can hold you back from the plan of heaven for your life. You can have all of the harvest that heaven has prepared for you, but God is looking at the heart. Will you allow him to remove some things that need to go? Will you allow him to renew some things, come back to a renewal? Will you fight the plan and the battle the way that he's prepared and renew that loyalty? And it says in later on, verse eight, that they had to wait for three days to get healed. Come on, after the cutting away, the Bible in the New Testament says we're no longer in this circumcision. Outwardly speaking, it's about an inward thing. It, it talks about the circumcision of the heart. What needs to get cut away? And maybe it hurts, it always does. And yet, like you might be healing in that place, but let the healing happen. I love that for three days, they were completely vulnerable to attack of the enemy, but God kept the enemy at bay while he's doing the healing. In the same way, I believe that God, by his grace and his covering, like he's been healing your inside world, and yet you still gotta go march around the walls, and you still gotta worship and praise, and the walls are still gonna come down, but don't stay in the place of healing forever. That there's healing for you to have and then to hold on to, but so that you can inhabit what he's been wanting to do for you. And just maybe your current struggles that you've been in is a reminder that it is renewal season for your heart. The reminder of the commitment and the connection that you have with God. Last thought is this, if we're gonna take new ground, Man, we need to know that there is a fight. We gotta get the old out. If we're gonna take new ground, we know that there's a plan from God we gotta get on. If we can take new ground, we might need to renew our loyalty a little bit, our devotion. And if we're gonna take new ground, we gotta take the manna mentality off the menu. The manna that came from heaven, man, it was supernatural. It was sustaining, but it wasn't everything that God wanted to do. I used to be a restaurant manager. Some of you don't know that. Back in the day, you ran out of an item, you had to 86 it. 86, I don't even know why it's called 86, but that's what it is. When it's 86 off the menu, you can't order it anymore. And God, once he gets them into the promised land, 
Like they've been fed this way. In fact, this fighting generation, the Joshua generation, that's all they knew. And God says, I'm not just gonna sustain you every day, I'm gonna teach you how to work the land, how to plant, how to harvest, and it is so much better than this daily little supernatural portion that just sustains you. I know that's a daily miracle, and some of you have been living off that daily miracle, and thank God that he has sustained you in this season, but he wants to show you how to do something that's bigger than just meeting your need for the moment. He wants to take you into multiplication. It says on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while they're camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated the Passover. In other words, they thank God for their freedom from Egypt. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and, and roasted grain. And the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer manna for the Israelites. But that year, I want to just say that year. I'm going to say this year. I'm going to say this season. They ate the produce of Canaan that God had been promising for generations of what he's been wanting to do for his people. That I'm no longer living with just a little bit to get by just for myself. They had a harvest season that year. This year, that was what God had always wanted to do. Not just a little bit of grain, but they had a pasture land for their, their crops and their, their animals. And, there was a new wine, there was an olive oil, there was so much more on the menu. Once manna mentality was taken away. The next day, the manna stopped forever, and I am praying that for you. Those that have just sustained and just got by through the struggles of 2020 and 2021, maybe your whole life, and even you come in on a Sunday and you just get a little daily bread, and man, I'm grateful that God gives us our portion. But what we wake up to every morning isn't just a little bit of food that falls on the ground. What you woke up to this morning is grace and mercy. It's the grace which is the forgiveness of God. It's the mercy which is the covering of God. But grace is also the supernatural power to live for God, to grow in your life, to get out of just getting by, to giving you this ability to work, and it's work. But then God helps you produce this harvest in the promised land. The miracle in a moment mentality to the multiplication mentality. Barely making it day by day, the minimum to the more than enough. And if you are thinking I'm just talking about your finances, you are missing the kingdom of God. You just needed a little bit of peace just to get through without fighting with your spouse. You just want a little bit of joy just to make it through the job that you hate. You just needed a little bit of resource just to enjoy your life for a moment. That is not the new ground God has called you to take. There is a place where it isn't even about you. It's about those coming after you. It's about the people around you. It's about the broken people in our city that God wants to do something through you too. And so he wants to get you out of the thoughts of barely making it and get out of him just being your, your supply in the moment to truly knowing the source and the significant life that he's prepared for you. Manna is survival food. Harvest is revival fuel. It's that we got more because God has taught us how to take new ground.
We start eating the fruit of the land. Guess what? Giants are going to fall. Walls are coming down. Cities are conquered. New territory for your family and for your future. It is, that's on the menu when you start thinking about the multiplication. And harvest is hard. It requires preparation and planting and patience and work. But God wants to show you not just going around in circles for the next 40 years, just barely getting by, not a threat to the enemy, but he wants to get you with a new mentality. It's a multiplication mentality. He's gonna teach you how to occupy, how to run your family well, how to live your life for the glory of God, how to bring revival to the city and the world around us. Listen, Jesus is in to multiplication of changed lives. John chapter 12, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Of course, Jesus is speaking about, I'm going first into the ground, but what's coming out is a harvest of changed lives. But I think in the same spirit of Jesus, we as followers of Christ need to carry that same multiplication mentality. That, yeah, I might have to die in some places in my life. I might have to die and stay in devotion when it isn't fun. I might have to die to some things I've allowed to live inside my world for far too long. I might have to get up and fight some battles that I really don't want to do, but I want what God wants to do through me bigger than I want my own comfort. And so I'm willing to go into the soil of surrender so God can then produce a multiplication of more changed lives. And that's how we take new ground. There's a battle, there's a cost, there's a devotion, but there's a grace. And we get out of just barely getting by another year, another same thing, to letting God learn how to lead us and to teach us and to train us so that we can take new territory. I'm talking about the kingdom of God advancing in your life. And it's time to plant yourself in that promised land. And I'm not going from this place, but I'm going on to all that God has for me. On the plaza of North, will you stand to your feet? I'm gonna ask you a couple questions for you to go over in your heart this week. What enemies of the heart need to go? What has God highlighted that needs to change? What does renewal season look like for you? And what new land has he called you to occupy? I'm gonna pray for you, then we're gonna worship. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you have a new frontier for us. I thank you that there's land you've called us to live in, not exist in. I thank you that there's a promised place of your best, even for our everyday life. Lord, we know there's battles to fight. There's strongholds to overcome, but we don't fight it with our willpower and we don't fight it alone. God, you are for us, so who can be against us? Lord, I thank you, help us by your grace not just highlight an issue, but help remove the things that have been hurting the harvest and the blessing and the favor that you've been wanting to produce. If it's time for a renewal of covenant, God, we're gonna obey what you say. Lord, I thank you for those that you've been healing in this house, but now you wanna establish them and plant them in their promised land. Lord, I thank you that you're taking off the manna of barely getting by off the menu and you're giving us a mentality of people that plant, that water, that wait, and that work, and we see the reward of our labor, and it's not about just us having more, 
It's about us taking new ground for you to inhabit, for your kingdom, and for the changing of many lives. Lord God, I thank you. A generational change is happening in our church, in our hearts, right now for those that desire it. That we would not see it at a distance, but we would step into it even today in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, if you receive that, why don't you tell God with your worship that you're all in on all he has in the new frontier. Come on, let's sing together.